Hello, and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fadel. My pronouns are she, they, and I live on the unceded land of the Multnomah, Wasco, Cowlitz, Cathlamet, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and so many other tribes who lived along the Columbia River where I live. It is Indigenous Peoples Month, and as so many people like to point out, much like Black History Month, um, there shouldn't be just a month to celebrate the peoples of this world and of this land. It is a good reminder, if you are not giving back or you've hesitated with giving back, to focus your attention on giving during certain months. I mean, we should be trying to find ways to give back all through the year. I know it can be overwhelming, especially as in America we just had an election. So we were being bombarded with, at least I was, text every day to give. I could have given all my money away and still would have gotten text to give to the Democratic Party or somebody personally. So I know it can be overwhelming, Um, But just like with anything, certain things like the moon, uh, calendar practices, ways to just focus attention can be very helpful. And if you can bring your awareness to indigenous causes, like in September for my birthday, I did uh, Missing, Murdered, and Indigenous Women and Two-Spirit um, workshop and raised two hundred dollars to give to the Red Blanket Fund that actual that works to find missing and murdered Indigenous people and stuff like that. It it wasn't a ton of money, but I wanted to do something for my birthday that would be empowering and also give back. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to like do an archery workshop. You can do what you do. You can, you know, say Thanksgiving is fucked up in so many ways in the United States. So maybe instead of buying an enormous turkey and spending a bunch of money, I'm going to take some of that money and give to indigenous causes or actions or the water protectors. I know that's a big ask. Um, for a lot of people because it's very centered on family, Thanksgiving, and yada, yada. Anyway, be creative, be curious. Think of ways that you could actively give back with your friends, with your family. Um, Think of ways of not celebrating Thanksgiving or anti-Thanksgiving, not anti-actual gratitude. (laughs) That seems like a bad idea. But ways of taking back um, this holiday that is and was meant to be genocidal and erase people. So I'm not saying you can't celebrate with your family, with your friends, with your chosen family. But find ways of acknowledging what this day did to the people that lived here first and stewarded this land. And... Find ways to acknowledge it, to, um, to turn it on its head, um, and 
educate the people in your lives that are choosing to, even at this point, be ignorant about what it means and how traumatizing it can be for people. So that's, that's something that goes along with the land acknowledgement that I've said this before, we're not just doing a land acknowledgement to say, hey, look at me, I know how to do a land acknowledgement. We are actively finding ways to participate in the elevation, the visibility, the acknowledgement that indigenous people have done and continue to do to take care of our environment, to to fight for their freedom that they shouldn't be having to fight for at this stage, all of the things. So it's just turning the thing on its head in ways that work for you that you could gradually build. You don't have to do anything extreme. I am always looking for ways to start something small and sustainable. So it can be multiple things, small and sustainable. So for instance, you know, we've, we've celebrated Thanksgiving as a gratitude day and spent time as a family in the past of, it was a chosen family. So anybody was invited, it was celebratory. Everybody bought, brought food from what they grew up with or their own culture. And it was fun. You know, we laughed. We also made a point to say what we were grateful for. Sometimes we would say um, ways that we wanted to make changes, but it has always been something that I'm pushing up, pushing up against, pushing against. It's complicated, and I know that indigenous, some indigenous people celebrate it, so I'm not saying you can't or you can. It's not about that. It's about finding ways to turn it, turn it on its head. So one of the ways that my daughter and her friend are celebrating this year is to not celebrate. They will not do anything on the actual day. And then on another day, they will get together and they will make their vegan food and they will have a good time together. But they are choosing, I know it's just a day, but they're choosing to not do anything on that actual day. That's their small move towards something different. And that's what I mean. Like, find your creative way to do it. I'm going to step off my soapbox for a second and just say, I'm very glad you're here. I know that not everybody that listens is in the United States or in Canada or in South America where this might be more acute. But wherever you are, there are ways to turn the norm on its head like there is a there is a thing in Holland at Christmas that is Sinterklaas I'm probably going to get some pushback from my Dutch friends Sinterklaas which is Santa Claus and then Swarte Piet which is Black Piet which is basically a small black person which is Santa's minion so I think Dutch people should be turning that on its head and finding ways to go, hey, this is keeping that slave narrative going. Let's not do this anymore because it's wrong. And it'll be complicated because people like things the way they are and they get mad and pissy when people mess with the things that they like. 
but it was not always like that. So where Black Pete is concerned, you know, Dutch people could go back to a more ancient celebration of, you know, winter solstice or something that is uniquely, well, something that's authentic to people in the Netherlands but that they could add while they subtract something because it's very difficult to subtract something and not replace it with something that is better or more inclusive or, you know, just, just to have a vacancy doesn't always work. That said, here we go. said it is my opinion what I would like us to do before we get into today's podcast is I would like you to close your eyes take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth take another one what did you feel in your body when I said what I said about Thanksgiving, about Christmas in the Netherlands, I'm sure wherever you are, maybe something came up from your own practices in your own countries, cultures, religious, you know, whatevers. And I want to know if you felt anything. And what I mean by that is, it's something that I learned from Resma, is we have tells in our body. When I talked about celebrating Thanksgiving, even though it's a holiday that was supposed to be the celebration of the erasure of indigenous people in the United States, did you feel your jaw tighten? Did you feel sorrow? Did you feel a gripping in your hands or something that maybe felt like shame? Did you feel guilt? Did you feel like you're not enough? Where did that show up in your body? So sit with that for a second and let's take some breaths while you notice what came up for you. Whatever it was, the important thing is to just notice it. You don't have to do anything about it. You don't have to change it, switch it, immediately go out and put $1,000 into, you know, NIA, which is Native American Youth, I think, Alliance. Um, You don't have to 
pull somebody off the street that you think is Latinx and uh, apologize for colonialism. What that means is how that shows up in your body is to tell you what you need to pay attention to. That your body is your tool to notice when something is off or when your body is like, this is too much for me or do I need to pay attention more? Do I need to do something? I've been sitting on this doing something for a very long time, maybe since um, George Floyd was, was murdered by the police. Maybe it's time. Maybe you did too much during the protests and you are deeply fatigued and the sign for you is to rest and not do anything. I don't know. I know how it showed up for me in my body and that's um, a little bit different than it has been like when I started this work. When I started this work, you know, every time I drove past somebody that was outside asking for change or help of any kind, I would feel an overwhelm in my body. And it hit a, a deep, I would say, probably touched on shame, but I'm not really sure yet where that shame came from. But it definitely touched on that I just, I, I wasn't enough. Like not for them personally, but I didn't have enough money. I didn't know how to do something that was sustainable that would help me be able to give because I couldn't really sustain what I had, which was, you know, supporting my family, getting my kids like winter clothes and all that stuff that they needed. Maybe that's not your experience, but that was my experience. So I would feel guilt that touched on shame that hit a deep grief in me. And I think that's what it was. And as I'm talking to you, I'm discovering it's like under the surface of the shame and the guilt was deep grief that I couldn't do something that would change the situation, that the powers that be want to erase that situation. Now that has not changed. In my city, it's gotten way worse. That want or desire to wipe out, to hide the, the people that live outside and to make them the problem, which is not the problem, but I'm not gonna get into that whole thing right now. Where I am now is it's, it's, in some ways, it's a little bit more complicated. I, I have a policy of trying to keep money in my car because I have more expendable cash now. So I keep in, in my car like $5 in cash or whatever I have in my, in my change jar. I still keep a change jar. You never know. You never know when you, when you need an emergency, emergency change. I kind of listen to the inner wisdom inside of me. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm going to give money. I try to focus my giving on the most vulnerable population, which I think I talked about last week, which is women and trans people that are living outside. I don't always know who those people are. So I'm giving money to anybody that looks like a woman who might be queer or gender non-conforming, non-binary, because those are the people that are the most vulnerable on the street. Now, sometimes I 
I do something different. I was on my way somewhere the other day and there was a guy asking for money, a young, a young guy who said he was a veteran. And I felt my inner wisdom prompting me to give him money. And I did. And we had an interaction, which was really good. And the important thing for me is not just the money. It's I see your humanity. I'm going to look in your eyes. I'm going to say hello. I'm going to say stay safe. I'm going to make that human connection. I'm not going to turn away. So in some ways, it requires a little more um, paying attention on my part and checking in with myself, which I can't always do because I'm busy and I'm not there and I'm distracted or whatever. But that's what I'm trying to do. So this isn't meant to shame you, guilt you. It's meant to help you build a container that is a container that pays attention to the tells in your body. And that's important for so many reasons because then we are cued into what is going on around us. A little caveat to that is I know that for some where we carry a lot of trauma, we can't maintain that all the time. So we have to step back. We have to not pay attention. We have to ignore. So I know it's a balancing act because you can't be on all the time. But it is a way to build a container that can interact with things that make us uncomfortable, situations that make us uncomfortable that aren't dangerous, and build, I'm starting to not like this word, but I don't have a better one, to build a resilience around it so that we are interacting with people's humanity and not looking looking at them like they're a problem, like they're the cause of this situation. Nobody caused homelessness except for people in power making bad decisions, hiking the prices of you know where to live, not having enough, enough places to live, wages decreasing, all that stuff. Like and there's more there's more to it than that. And I'm not just talking about people that are living outside. I'm talking about Ways that you can connect to yourself every day. Looking for the wonder, the magic, the practice of paying attention. So one of the ways that I do that is if I go on a run or a walk with the dogs, if I feel something, so I'll tell you, I went on a run the other day. I haven't been running because of my hypothyroid has made it really difficult because I crash afterwards. But something is going on. Something is shifting and changing. Could be the crazy food program that I'm on. Could be my meds. Could be both of those things. But I went on a run with the dogs. It was a beautiful day out. It was super cold, but the sun was out. It was one of those gorgeous days, fall days. Like, the trees are glorious. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. All the colors the light, the blue sky, and I was running and all of a sudden I just felt giddy inside. And I love that feeling because it gives me energy. It, um, it's like an endorphin. And I, I had, it wasn't from running. <laughs> I had literally gone like 10 feet and I was like, oh, this is going to be a fun run, <laughs> which also feels like an oxymoron. Anyway, I just, I stopped when I needed to. I, but I let that 
touch me. I let it get inside of me. And, you know, I'm running down the road, like lifting my arms up, trying to touch the leaves and the trees. <laughs> and I don't care what people think. I mean, I do. I wish I didn't. I try to present like I don't. I care to some degree. I don't want. Anyway, what I'm trying to talk about is building this building this wonder, building this curiosity, this container in us, in our everyday lives that helps us handle this time that can be so hard. For some people, it's not hard. They've got great family, supportive systems in place. They're not isolated. They haven't moved away for a job and don't have friends yet, don't have community, but for some people, they are very isolated. Their friends, if they have them, are not great. Their family is toxic or worse, um, dangerous and traumatizing. It's very full. And I'm gonna get into all of that because I always do. I always have holiday survival tips and tricks, and this is the first episode in that. And that's building your container. Building your container means taking care of yourself. It means listening. It's stopping and maybe starting with three deep breaths. Close your eyes. You know, when you go to the bathroom, when you're sitting on the toilet, maybe just looking around you and breathing, reminding yourself that you can be calm bringing that calm into you. And then when you go outside, taking that calm with you. As you're driving in your car, extending love and energy out into the world that you live in. Saying hi to your neighbors. Going to bed early. If you can, take a 10-minute power nap. Taking a 10-minute power nap. Remembering to drink plenty of water. Maybe getting up. 15 minutes before everybody else in the house and having a nice cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just breathing and reminding yourself that you are enough and that you are worth loving and you deserve to be in this world and take up space. That might be all that it is. That's pretty powerful. Giving yourself a mantra for this time. So be thinking about that. Like, What is your mantra for this time? So as you go out in the world, you can go out into the world as your full self. As you come back into your house, that might not be how you want it right now. It might be chaotic. It might be tense or anxious or people are not acting loving or they're presuming or they're crossing boundaries. Whatever it is, you can come the most calm that you can come, the most peaceful inside yourself, as you can come, which is very tricky in those environments. Maybe for you, it's going to bed 15, 10 minutes early, just so you can do some breath work, so you can do a body scan. If you don't know what those are, you can get on the internet and look up body scan, go for a really simple one. Don't go for one that's going to take you 45 minutes. Go for a really simple one that grounds you and kind of gets the ball rolling Maybe you wait till everybody goes to bed and you get up and you sit in the darkness of your living room and you breathe 
and you embrace the darkness that comes with winter that's also saying, it's time to slow down. Everything else is saying, let's speed up. Because I think it's ironic that at this time, when it starts getting colder, it's darker earlier, we're supposed to slow down as humans. We're supposed to slow down, do soft things, peaceful things, you know, maybe be crafty or create or listen to music and light candles is the time that then boom, holidays, <laughs> back to back to back to back to back. Whatever you celebrate, it, I don't even think it matters. I'm sure there's some culture that celebrates in the summer, most of their holidays, but I think for most people, a lot of the holidays are happening at this time, November, December, January, there's possibly some in February. Starts with Halloween and then it just goes full force. And we are bombarded with people's expectations of us. So my, I wanna be careful how I say that, this particular thing. My hope, my desire for you is that you can sit with yourself this week until the next pod comes out or you've, you feel ready. You can go back and listen to all the old ones. Is that you come up with a mantra for yourself in the, in the season. And how I've done that before is I've done it through conversations with people a lot of the times. I've been meditating and I've gotten one. Or I've been jogging or walking in the woods and the rhythm of my feet have given me one. I've sat in silence and um, mantras have come. It's something that you can say over and over and over again. It's like what I tell you at the end of every week. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. That's a mantra. And that is a mantra that was an accidental stumble that has transformed my life. And I believe it's transformed the lives of other people because I say it over and over again. And as I say it to you, I remind myself that I am worth knowing, I am worth loving, I am worth being in this world. It doesn't matter if the powers that be or the family I was given came against that, didn't give that to me, said so many things that were contrary to that, and so it's been hard for me to find that. It makes it true as I say it. The same goes for when my kids left for school and I said, remember who you are. That's a mantra. And I still say it to them. Zion had a show in LA last night and he had a lot of anxiety because he, the last show he was supposed to have um, like a year ago, he got COVID and maybe it was two years ago and he couldn't do it. And so there's, you know, all this energy of what if I get COVID, somebody's house had COVID, all this stuff. And so, you know, my daughter was telling him some stuff that she does to reduce anxiety and I told him what I do and then I just said remember who you are show up in that environment as your full self as much as you can and as safe for you and he had a great time and I saw videos of the show and it is him fully on that stage being silly singing his guts out it was beautiful and you have to contend with that so be thinking about what you want your mantra to be for this time. Maybe it's, I will have my own boundaries. I will have my own boundaries. I will not be forced to do what I don't want to do. 
I will not be forced to do what I don't want to do. I will not put myself in situations that are dangerous and traumatizing and belittling to me. I will not put myself in situations that are dangerous, traumatizing, and belittling to me. Whatever it is, I will not buy a shit ton of gifts that are a waste of money. I will not buy a shit ton of gifts that are a waste of money. I will not spend money beyond my means. I will not spend money beyond my means. I will embrace the magic with a dash of realism. That's one, that one's for me. I will embrace the magic with a dash of realism. I want you to be building your container that will support the work and give you the, mud, the most joy that you can possibly have in a time that can be fraught. When we are tender, when our child selves are like right on the surface, wanting love from our parents that we didn't get, wanting to be accepted as we are, wanting to be loved and not set up every time we go to a family function. All of the stuff that's for us. You know, why aren't you married yet? Well, you know, maybe I don't want to get married. When am I going to get my grandkid? I don't want to have kids. You know, all the things that we're hiding and doing to keep ourselves safe, I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm just saying in your own personal time, in your work with your safe people, be fully who you are. Be fully, I don't want to fucking get married. Be fully, I don't want to have kids. I'm an excellent aunt. I'm happy to be an aunt or I don't like to be around kids. That's completely fair. Whatever it is, I'm gay. I'm trans. I'm poly. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, I'm pan. Whoever you are, whatever makes up you, it's not those things, but those are parts of you that are probably getting rejected or have been rejected and have meant that you can't show up fully as you are. We are beginning to build a container. I'm not saying you haven't been building it, but a container that allows us to be soft, loving, calm, you know, excited, and realistic. And that's what I want for you in this time. I want you to be able to be as much you as you can possibly be with the people that do fucked up things, whether that means you don't go or you go, whatever that looks like in your situation. So please take care of yourself. Start to build it. Could be a minute a day. It could be 30 seconds a day. It could be every time you go into the bathroom. It can be every time you take a shower, you do your breath work. You touch yourself, and I know that that can, you could be thinking a lot of the things when I said that, but I did that work this morning, like, how does this make you feel? Where is it showing up in your body? What does your body need? And I thought it felt, sounded kind of silly, but I touched my jawline where I hold my tension, and then I rubbed my face, and I rubbed my face, and I held my face, and... I started to cry and right now talking to you as I do it, I feel that. It's like I'm giving myself what I did not get from the people I was supposed to give it, get it from. I'm giving myself what I did not get from the people I was supposed to get it from. 
I love you. You are enough. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Take care, everybody.